Yeah. You know, you, you have to understand it. But it's just rock, isn't it, Mark? No, it talks sake. to you. Does it? It talks to you, yeah. I've been in a did, very... Did I've you been... have something to drink for lunch? Or... No. <laughs> it <laughs> does rock, talk to you. The rock talks to you. Welcome to Let's Talk Business. I'm your host, James Price. This podcast has been designed to address business pain points, often neglected, but if dealt with correctly, can really enhance business value and performance. I've had over 30 years experience in business, and I currently own JPA Business Proprietary Limited, a business valuation, advisory, and transaction firm. We help private business clients across Australia and internationally grow, change, and enhance the value of their businesses. Welcome to Let's Talk Business Podcast. I'm your host, James Price. And today we're in the home of Caroline Novick and Mark Roderick. And we're going to speak with Mark Roderick. Mark's a mining industry specialist. He's had many years in the industry and he's recently commenced a new business called Access Mining and he's a director along with other partners in the business. Thank you for joining us, Mark. Thanks, James. So thank you for having us here. That's fine. Yeah. Um, it's great to catch up with the specialists in the mining industry. I've, I've done my time in mining, but, I, but, but not really, to be honest. I mean, we've had a few mining and mining services clients over the years. Yeah. But, you know, our business is such that we never, we never can classify ourselves as practitioners. But I think I'd classify yourself as a practitioner in mining. Is that, is that how you see it? I do, mate. It's been, it's been 35 years. Yeah. Um, and if I reflect back, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and like, uh, how did it start? Did you, was it in the family? Was it in the blood? Or was it something that, you know, you wanted to do post-school? Or what, how did you get into the industry? No, I didn't actually um, want to do it at school. I left school, obviously, and um, become a motor mechanic. And... Friend of mine got into mining, right, right. and then he rang me up one day and said, "I've got a job for you starting next week in WA." So I jumped on a plane from Queensland. Yeah, ended up in Marvel Lock. Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah, wow. And started from there. Yeah. yeah. And what were you doing in those early days? Like, what was that? What was that first job? What was the entree into the into the, into the game? Well, he didn't tell me at the time, but the first job there was uh, one job and three of us going for it. So we all rocked up at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> It was who, who worked the hardest, I think, got the job. But yeah. it was uh, just on a service crew. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the company um, was the early days called Costain, which is the early, early part of what is now known as... Um, well, Costain was Costain Pearson Bridge. Yes. It was E-Rock yeah. to Redpath. To Redpath, which is a Canadian-owned international. Now, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, started over there on a service crew underground and then... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Went from there. So that was underground, right? So your, yeah. fir your, first, your first entree in the sector was underground. Straight underground. And, and, and that's pretty much, has that been it all the way along? 100%, yeah. Yeah. Why would you want to work underground in mining? Why? You know, that's fascinating. Well, I never, I've never been underground, so he said, looks really good, you'll love it. Yeah. I thought, cool, <laughs> let's go. Yeah. And off I went. Yeah. I did like it. I got underground and, you know, I am very claustrophobic. When I, You're very claustrophobic. You I, <laughs> I am, and I, you know, and uh, when I got underground, I thought I love this. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I felt really at ease. Loved it. Yeah, that's interesting. It's, it, it is an interesting environment underground. I remember yeah. my my first time going underground was at uh, 
was at uh, Triton Mine at, at, at Ningen, actually. I cut the portal there, Triton. Is that right? Yeah, 100%. Well, thankfully, I, I went after that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah, no, that was my first sort of underground experience. And um, it's a, I think it's a copper mine, isn't it? Copper mine, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and what did you like about those early days in mining? Like, was it, was it, the sense of achievement was it working as a team. I mean, you know, what, 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 what? How did it get in your blood and stay in your blood? I guess. Yeah, I think for me it was, yeah, it, it was a team. Yeah. But it was also hard work, and I loved hard work. Yeah. So by the time you finished for the day, there was no going to the gym. You were you were knackered. You yeah, were and it was yeah. and it was good money. Like we earned good money. Yeah, yeah. But it was hard work. Yeah, and that that really got me. And I I love the concept of building things, yeah. and actually building an underground, you know, mine. Yeah, um, a lot of people can't put that into, you know, reality. But when you see it, when you do it, you think, wow, how cool is that? There was nothing there, and I've just done all that. Yeah. Okay. So, what do you have to be good at to, to build a build a good mine? Like, I mean, that's ju- that's jumping a long way forward, right? I- but 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 uh, but you know. Just reflecting on that. Yeah, I, I think for me to be a good miner, you have to have your sense senses about you. You have to understand understand your environment. You can't just walk past something and not see it. You have to smell it, hear it. Yeah. You know, you, you have to understand it. But it's just rock, isn't it, Mark? No, it talks sake. to you. Does it? It talks to you. Yeah. I've been in a did, very. Did I've you been... have something to drink for lunch? Or no. <laughs> It does the rock, talk to you. The rock talks to you. It does talk to you. Really? 100%. I mean, you look at now, and I've been underground, you know, my last trip was probably about six months ago, yeah. and I look around a lot, I understand things, and from what we do now, like we, we, our ground support is, you know, out of control, safe. Yeah. Like it is you know, mesh and bolts, it is shotcrete. Those days, we were air leg mining or we were using a jumbo. Yes. You'd go in and you would water down the face, you'd go on the side, you'd let the rock soak up the water, yeah. which people don't understand. Yeah. Then it'll pop, Yes. have a bit yes. of a, bre- a breath, and then you have to go and have a look, see what's loose, what's not loose, by sounding it out or by looking at telltale signs. Yeah. But you know, I've been in situations where wisps of dust have come out the top, which, and people think, well, that's nothing. That's a big... A big, a big dangerous sign. Something's happening. Yeah. And I've seen it, and it's a few wisps, and you bolt back, and then the whole roof will come in. Yeah, right. Or loud bangs or uh, pressure, ground pressure. I've seen, I've seen floor heaves where things have knocked people over just because the ground is lifted. Really? 100%. Really? So it talks to you. It does talk to you. You can hear it. So you're almost a geologist in that sense or a, an on-the-job trained geologist, yeah? In those days, yes. You yeah. had to be. You had to understand your ground. You know, was it abrasive? Could you drill it? And I can even look at a core. I looked at a core last week in Mount Isa and I went, geez, that'd be good for blasting. So when you say a core, that's a, a, that's a sliver, core. right? Yeah. So, so seeing the different profile of the rock going through. Yeah, so yeah. When, you, when you go and look at the job, you go, right, the core is from zero down to 100 metres or 200 metres. Yeah. That's what we're going to come through. Yeah. And you look at that and go, that'd be good for blasting. Not because I'm a geo. No. Because I've been underground that long and I can tell what's good yeah. and what's not good. So. Yeah, that's fascinating. And mm. you mentioned mechanic. Were you were you a trained mechanic early on? Yeah, yeah. And and did that was that like was that you know diesel mechanic or small engines or a bit of bit of everything? And and did that help early on or not really? 
I think yes, because um, I, I was a petrol mechanic to start with, yeah. and then I've done diesel after that. Yeah. Um, my friend who got me into the into the mining was a diesel diesel fitter. So um, going into those big machine into that you know that machinery, yeah. um, I'd help him on the weekends when I wasn't working underground with his servicing or whatever. So I got to know a little bit more about the machines, yeah. which gives you a, a bit more context of what you're operating because they're massive machines, like those trucks and loaders and drills. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're quite big. They're big beasts. They are, yeah. So, so the machines, the people are dynamic and they need, I guess, management and looking after and servicing. And then you're talking to the rock. So there's quite a lot going on down there. It's quite complex in a way. Oh, 100%. And then, you, then, you, then you throw explosives into it. Yeah, which is another, another very much well, dynamic. 100%. In those days, you know, we were using AN90 and people remember that. And the yeah. smell of that was just a headache. Yeah. You know? And then AN60 yeah. coming and then that was too sensitive. So, you know, that stuff would go off by itself. Yeah. You know, not when my, in, where I had um, to work. But um, even we had fuses in those days where the fuses would run. You'd light it here and it was about, I think it was a, a minute and a half or a metre. Yeah. Sometimes they'd go all the way instantly. Really? So they, that all left um, the industry and then it was, you know, electric debts and power gel, which is a lot safer. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I mean, we, we used to have to, you know, come in as apprentice miners and basically, right, go and charge that face and that was it. With what? With that bloke, he'll show you what to do. Yeah, and that was, that was your loading. It. it was on the job, basically training. 100%. Now, our miners, we go, right, this is your job. This is your training to get to that job. This is your next job. Yeah. Your training to get to the next job. Fascinating, isn't it? Yes, hundred uh, percent. So, so in your early career, were they were you working for mine owners, or were you working for the contractors that were doing some of those jobs, or a bit of both? I've always been a contractor. Yeah. 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 So I've always been the pointy end of where we were, and I went to um, a mine owner at Cadia, and I looked after the underground development there for about twelve months. But I was a contractor, working for the mine owner. Being Newcrest, yeah. Being Newcrest, yeah. yeah. So Cadia is in orange. So it's is it? Am I right in saying it's one of the largest gold mines in the southern hemisphere? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The amount of the, the dirt on a daily basis is phenomenal. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So and you were you were contracting to the mine owner in that sense. Yeah. So I was a contractor looking after six contractors, working for the mine owner. Working for the mine owner. Yes. And was that very different versus you know your role as 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 a contractor? you know, in all those other jobs? 100%. It was, it, for me, it was, um, the opportunity came up. Um, we had to move there. I moved there as well. Yeah. And it was one of those jobs where it was like, I need to go back to basics. Yeah. I need to go back to what I'm good at. Because I was an operations manager at the time. Yeah. And it was more of, you know, this is a good job, but I really missed that underground. And if it wasn't, where, the, the mine itself wasn't performing in, right. where it should have been. And I thought to myself, if if I can help change that, or I, you know, if I can look at that and go, yes, this is all the tools I've got in the shed, and I can make a difference, that's going to be good for me. Yeah, and it was. And and that 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 sort of performance improvement is is that a bit of a hallmark of what you're about? Like, is that how do, how how do you get good at that? Like, yeah. is it is it understanding all the bits? Like. Is that, you know, we were talking before about the complexity of yeah. the situation. Is that, you know, what, what makes the difference between someone that can make a, 
make a mine really produce versus yeah. someone that's also ran, I guess. Yeah. Is... You've got so many things in parallel happening and not all of them are going to go to plan. Yeah. Something's, going to, something's going to break. Yeah. So keep moving forward with everything that's going to plan in the positive side but also fix the negative side. So my forte was when the shit hit the fan, I was there, I was calm, I was orchestrating everything to get it back on track. Yeah. So yeah. I've got a, um, if I look back, I go, when things are running smooth, I was getting bored quite easy. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. So, but when it was difficult, I quite liked the orchestration of everything to make it work. Of pulling it together and, yeah. and problem solving and... Yeah. Yeah. And if, and if I look back at it and go, right, what's the difference between, you know, what some people do and I do is I simplify things. Okay. So complex situation. How do you, how do you go about that? You've got to have a cool head, right? Like, 100%, yeah. But it's not as if, you know, I'm fortunate that I can sit at a computer and if everything's going to custard, you know, I can just shut the door and sit quietly and kind of try and figure things out. But in an underground mine, you've got a team of people, you've got the shift on, you've got the machines waiting, you've got, you know, I guess you've got the owner saying, well, where's my production? And you've got all the, you know, the safety and environment issues around. So you've got to be able to... Make some decisions on the spot, haven't you? You do, and you also be a, you've got to predict the future. Right. Okay, so if you can see where you're going to be, there's a good chance you're going to get there. Yeah, okay. And That's if you right. don't see it, you're just going to flounder in what you've got at the moment. Yeah, so, so but simplifying it, yeah. one of the cause to that is, is being able to see out rather than looking at your feet necessarily yes. first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting stuff, isn't it? Yeah. So was there a time, like, in your, in, in your, you know, your career to date where, where you developed? Because in, in hearing you, I, I can't help but say in a positive way, you're a guy with confidence, right? Yeah. But that's how you come across. And, uh, but, uh, you know I, I know, I know to the fact, you know, you've got strong confidence. But was there a time in that career to date where you that switch suddenly flicked and that confidence, you felt that confidence or is it just crept up on you as you've gained that experience over a period? Oh, look, I, at the time I think it was just going for a ride and see where I landed. Yeah. And I got promoted, yeah. then I got promoted, then I got promoted. Yeah. And I think I was a project manager for um, Burncut. I was 29 or 28 at the time. And that was quite young for that company. I would have said as a you know yep. large company, burn cut a corporate sort yep. of player, to have a project manager in their twenties was probably pretty, uh, mm. pretty unconventional. It was, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. So which was good, and I think from there, I looked at where I wanted to go. And if I look back now, that was probably the wrong move for myself. Looking, I needed to be that ops manager or that general manager or that C COO or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. And looking at today, I go, that's probably the wrong call I made to think that way. Yeah, okay. But um, because when you get to that stage, you go, what did I just achieve? Yes. I've got yeah. that role, that title, but I'm still not happy. Yes. You know? Yeah. So, and I think... think focusing yeah. on the wrong thing. Yeah. yeah, 100%. Yeah. But I can see why you would have because it's kind of... That's what a big company's about, or any company, isn't it? It's a sort of about progression. There's a, there's a view that progression is the next role up the, up the ladder, so to speak. 
Yeah. But you're sort of saying that's not necessarily a way to satisfaction or... It's not when you look back at it, no. At the time, it's so exciting yeah. because you're this big company you're working for, an ASX 100 company, yeah. and you're going, you know, going all over the place and you're talking to boards and you're, you know, and then you look back and go, I've just spent 50% of my time justifying my existence and the other 50% doing it. Now I, I make a call with my business partner <laughs> and that justifies my existence, which is five minutes, and the rest I work on the business. So yeah, yeah, which so, is really good. So in a way, neither was Boomcut probably getting the best value out of you because they were they were spinning their wheels on 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 the all, all the reporting and administration. Nothing against Boomcut; it's just you know the corporate environment mm. that exists. But so you you're sort of alluding to the fact that you know you didn't. You would have preferred a lot more time on on making things better. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Wasn't burn cut though. We have to cut that one out. So it was downer. Oh yes, so, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so okay. burn cut for me was great because it was private, and I still know Steve Coglin quite well, and yeah. I spoke to him not long ago. Burn cut was good for me because it was um, the hard work. I done the hard yards, and you know Barry Upton was my boss at the time, and um, he's retired now. And he said, "Look, I'll put you back through to university, so you become a mining engineer." Yeah. I thought, uh, yeah. Then I thought, no, I don't want to. I'm yeah. not a mining engineer. Yeah. I'm a miner. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that's the difference. And then I went to the ASX company, and that's where I thought, wow, this is really cool. And this is down, and we're talking about yeah. now, yeah. And down it no longer exists because, again, you know, I was here building a business for the cause, but the cause wasn't really there. Yeah. Yeah. And whatever happened, and unfortunately, the you know it goes back to shareholders and board members and the executive. Yeah. And then they sold the mining business, and um, the ten eight years I put into it was gone. Yeah, and that's what can happen in a large corporate where yeah you know things change. Hundred um, yeah. percent. And you can have some control, but not all control, I guess. Yes. Yeah. I just want to reflect. Uh, I don't want to dwell too much on the past, but. Mm. In those early days, did you ever fear for your life underground there? Um, I never feared for my life. Yeah. Um, I nearly had a few devastating accidents. Yeah. Um, and it's my instincts are so true. My North Star is where I want to be. In you know, I need I understand where I want to go when yeah. I do things. Yeah. Uh, my instincts are so fine tuned. Yes. You know, I can go. Oh, there's someone looking at me from behind. You turn around. And you know, there's someone there. Or underground, I was charging up a face and I thought, it doesn't feel right. So I stood back and had a bit of a look yeah. and the roof come in. It's amazing, you know? isn't it? Yeah, and you know, I got hit in a shaft and a friend of mine um, saved my life, grabbed really? hold of me. Yeah, really? Yeah. And a uh, cable come in and broke. Um, someone had installed it wrongly, yeah. fell down the shaft about 300 metres and we were on the top of the deck in the shaft. Wow. And we heard this racket, so we just ducked down. And if you look down through the kibble wells, yeah. there's another 600 metres of nothing below you. Wow. And clipped me on the shoulder, but he grabbed me before it could knock me over the edge. It's almost like you had someone looking after you. 100%, yeah. And that's what I think. And again, and the, you know, safety conscience for me in our new business, uh, zero arms are given. We don't talk about it because no. it's a given. No. And that's it. Yeah. Has it taken a while for the industry to get to that, do you feel? Is it, or is it even there yet? Like, you know, there's a lot said about safety in yeah. mining um, and in a lot of other industries, right? Yeah. 
but but um, you know, I wonder sometimes um, to what extent it's really considered core. Mm. Um, have I've, you got a view on that? Yeah, I have. I have. Look, it, for me, safety standards have changed. That's a given. Um, the training that we put into people, all the skill set we put into people, is probably light on these days. Yes. Um, I've got this saying that I say it's, it's between the carpet and the tiles. I can go underground tomorrow and no one can bullshit to me about anything. Yeah. yeah. Where if I go into other companies with executives, what they say is happening is not happening. Yeah, yeah. So one of our calls is that it's reality. Yes. So what we say we do, you actually we actually do. do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Access Mining, which is your company, yeah. and you're a director, and so is Warren. Yes. A business partner. Now, I've had the pleasure of, of giving you know, a little bit of advice along the way. Yeah. Um, but it's a business started a couple of years ago? Two years ago, yeah. So um, when Downer finished, I looked at, um, because I spent two years mixing up with the um, people that were trying to sell the business at the time. Yeah. So I got to know a lot of good you know, PE companies and that sort of stuff. And yeah. I thought, well, I might go and try and buy a business. Why not? Yeah. And um, yeah. I looked at one and, and then COVID hit. So I went and worked with them for 12 months. Yeah. And, you know, that was, um, again, it, it wasn't where I wanted to be. No. And then I finished there and I had a few months off, but I rang Warren and said, it's time. And I've worked with Warren for about 25 years. Yeah. Off yeah. and on different places. And he's, he's, you know, he's a really good, he's a good miner. Um, he's had a lot of international experience. Yes. His skill sets are very different to mine, yes. but we complement each other. And Paul Colvin is another director of the company. Um, yeah. You know, we've got to have the old fellas, but we've got to have the young fellas <laughs> <laughs> with some nous. And he's very, very intelligent financially, commercially. Yeah. Uh, very switched on. So, you know, I rang, I rang Warren and said, "We're going to do this." Yeah. And he said, "Yeah, look, let's yeah, let's do it." Yeah. So we did. Yeah, right. And the process of it all was very similar to when I was looking to helping sell the company. Yeah. I started the seed capital, I started the business, and we spent 12 months building the foundations. And one of the ports of call were, right, let's run this past someone who knows way more than we do about business. <laughs> All right? So we go, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, the, the journey has been so good for me because it's, we're telling a story. Yes, yeah. But the amount of calls, the amount of people I've met, and the amount of uh, times I've presented a pitch deck is over the hundreds now. Yeah, yeah. And I'm getting yeah. so good at it, but we keep changing to suit. And one of the beauty, uh, the beauty, the beautiful things about what we do is, is you don't have to be set with it. You can change it to suit the environment. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, two years ago um, in August we started, we commercialised the business. Yeah. And then we um, went, we went and looked to raise some um, capital. And then we ended up with some private investors who were really aligned with where we wanted to be. Right. And look, we went to a few places and um, yeah, we'll support it. But you know, you had to sell a kidney and your, one of your children and your dog. And, yeah. and I thought, that's not, I want to be able to sleep at night as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, we, we financed the business, which was great. And my, one of my fortes is strategy, looking in the future of where we can go. So one of the investment it's interesting, one of the investment bankers said to me, so, you know, your peers have done this. It's taken 25 years, Mark, to do this. You are saying you can do it in five. Really, Mark? Yeah. What did you have for lunch? So, yeah, 100%. <laughs> and so, yeah, tell me. I said, well, what, how I see it? 
you open the carport door, the garage door, they've gone, they've gone for a drive and they've landed where they've landed. Yeah. I've opened the garage door. I know where I'm going. I know how I'm going to get there. I know what fuel I'm going to use, where I'm going to fill up. Yes. And that's where I'm going to go. So it's about saying, okay, there's a strategy. How do you, how do you become a, a successful underground mining contractor? You need underground mines. Right. What have we got? There's our client base. They're the mines that are coming up. So yeah. I put an eight-year plan together. Yeah. And this, again, this, the beauty about what I was doing was, you know, I had to do this when I was with an ASX company. Yeah, so you, because of the it board wasn't and, the first time you'd done no, it. Yeah. So got it right down to the last dollar and then wrapped it up of where we're going to go. And then you go enablers on that. Who do we know there? Who's your sponsor on that? Because yeah. everything you do, you must have a sponsor. Equipment, yes, we can get all the equipment. Then we go and do what equipment do we need? People, very important. So how can we get the people? Yeah. So putting the strategy together over 12 months was great. And then we're going, right, we need to be paperless. We need to have OEM support. We need this, 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 and this, and this. Yeah. So there was a bunch of things to do together. And then you know, I look at what the peers do and what they don't do. Then I go, marketing and brand awareness. Because we're going to sell access mining. Everyone's going to have to say, access mining is what? What's special about them? What's the silver bullet? What's special? Yeah. You know, and that was that was a journey for us to go. Well, it's this, and when we articulate it, yes, it now comes out. Yeah, is there a, is there a silver bullet? Yep. Is there? What 100%. is it? So look, we we again, I got some guidance from um, industry leaders, ex CEOs. I got a lot of mentors in the industry, and at the time, it was sustainability. It was when COP twenty six was on. Yes. Yes. And we looked at sustainability, and an ex CEO of mine said to me. What does sustainability mean to you? And I couldn't answer him. Yeah, yeah. So I went back. In the middle of COVID, obviously, this is my office. <laughs> and I go, what does it mean? And fast forward three months, sustainable clients and revenue. Yes. Sustainable people. Yeah. And sustainable supply partners. Yeah, yeah. Because we take it for granted, people. Yeah, yeah. Every mining house and contractor in Australia is looking for people at the moment where we can go, we've got this project starting here, we'll get too many people coming. One, because we're new, yes. and two, because of our network. Yeah. yeah. Um, sustainable revenue on clients, you know, why do you go into a job, do it, and then walk away? Go and have a relationship with a client, yeah, yeah. work work it with, with them, yeah. and then work Project one, project two, project three. They don't want to get rid of you. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's a longevity. Yeah. Um, and supply partners is everyone just goes, hey, there's a, there's a price, beat it. No, let's start the journey together. This is us. This is where we're going. And if you align, yeah. we will get there. And there's so many others. Again, I was talking to a client last week. If, you have, if you're here and they're there, the two will never meet. You might have a contract between you, but the two will never meet. Yeah. If you're both here... Yeah. And you're going that way. What an outcome. Yeah, so there's a longer-term focus in what you're saying, though, isn't there? Yeah. Or a longer-term horizon. Yeah. I mean, you said you did a plan for eight years. Yeah. My God. But, but, but that's really interesting, isn't it? Like, but the fact that you and Warren are miners and the planning and the longer-term focus, is, is that what's going to hit it versus the other players in this space, do you think? Yeah. I you think, know? look, for, for me, is if, if I look at the 
if I look at the environment at the moment with underground mining contractors in Australia, yeah. um, the underground operators conference was on in Brisbane not long ago. Yeah. I knew everybody that was there looking after their own companies, their oppositions. Yeah. Um, I always talk to everybody. I know what's happening. You know where they're sitting. Yeah. Because we're not just all companies. No, that's right. Everyone's got their own problems or their, their good, right. bad, indifference. So my take is that why are we different? We're on the East Coast. Our network's huge. Um, we listen. Our relationships will get us to where we need to be. The equipment we've we've got with our OEM suppliers. You know, we haven't gone and said, look, we're going to buy one of each from everybody. We've done an agreement with one supplier. Yeah, yeah. For the main equipment. Yeah. And no one other contractor in Australia does that. Yeah. You know, um, underground vehicles. Nobody's doing what we're doing yeah. because we're. This is, I suppose, for me, it's it's something that what I've always wanted to do. Warren's and Paul have always wanted to do yeah, this. Yeah. You know, let's do that because that's the right way to do it. Yeah. Well, it's really neat, isn't it? Because yeah. you've had a, such a breadth of experience in, in employed roles and contracting roles. Yeah. And you know, what I'm, on the one side, I'm hearing you are a deep practitioner. You know, you, you, you know physically, but it's also sense how things need to happen underground to make a project tick. Yeah. But... But then I also get a sense, and I've experienced it because you came to me and said, what do you think of this, James? This is our business model. Mm. Give us some advice. You've also got this kind of open-mindedness, you know, to say, well, hold on, we need, we need to pressure test this as yeah. we're developing it early. Well, that's quite unique, right? Most people, you know, we've all got egos. Yeah. Most of us know, we think we know what we, we need to do, don't we? Oh, I think my ego has been belted out of me, mate. So. Has that, has that, is that a factor, though? You know, yeah. in, in in getting in getting to the pinnacle of being a really successful person, do you think you have to go through that process of, you know, seeing how your ego flies in different different situations and and then getting a level somewhere? Is I think that? you do. Yeah. Look, again, for me, it's it, it's not about ego. It's about it's about reality and your moral compass. Yeah. And you know, I run my life, my business like that. Yeah. And I've just seen people go left or right where they shouldn't. Well, I, I want to pick up on that, just extend the discussion mm. because you guys, I, I follow you on LinkedIn, yeah. right? And um, I enjoy your posts. And one of them recently was about a single word called called um, selflessness. Yeah. And um, you tag that word as being um, representative of how access mining um, operates. Yeah. And I, I kind of think that's a fat. It really made me think. Um, initially, I thought of it and I thought, oh, man, what does what does that mean? How does that connect with a mining? How does that connect with any company? Mm. But then I thought to myself, if, if you've got a team of people and they're operating together to deliver a result, it's a really interesting attribute, isn't it? Because it, is. it drives a whole heap of behaviours and a particular culture that is not very ego-driven at all. Yeah. Like it's... Uh, anyhow, I found, I found it fascinating. It, it is, and you're dead right, because I can't be everywhere. Warren can't be everywhere. No. Paul can't be everywhere. No. So our people are the experts. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we'll guide. There's the parameters. We'll do the guiding. But selflessness is an honesty, and it, it, it's there. That's, that's, yeah. That is access mining. Yeah. And as the team builds and as we grow it, everybody um, that comes and works for us is not just like, here's a job, it's a story. Yeah. And we've approached our 
main six people that we got on uh, first 12 months ago. Look, we're starting this company. There's a first pass to it. And by the time that they come on board, it's like they already work for us. <laughs> but the message that, that they have is yeah. access mining. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, that's very positive. Um, you're talking about money raising mm. with investors. Yeah. Um, how did you find that? And, you know, on reflection, you know, given you know, given you're early on in the process, what did, what did you learn from it? What are, the, what are the ingredients in that process, do you think, to make, uh, it, to make it work? I mean, it's, it's always challenging, right, yeah, for a new business? It is. Um, don't give up. Don't give up. So I went and knocked on the door. We not, went and knocked on the door, one of the main fours, day one. Yeah. Here we are. We want this. Yeah. Come back in two years and uh, we'll have a chat, <laughs> right? Went back in six months and there's a job we're going to bid for and that's how we're going to do it. Yeah. Well, if you win that, on that contract, we'll back you. Yeah. And, okay, so it's a good question, James, because I go, right, let's go to round two. What are we going to do next? And you always go down for me, go, get a deal. Right, here's the deal. It is shit. Yeah. But just in case we need it. Right? We need a backstop, yeah. Yeah. Now yeah. let's work our way backwards yeah, to yeah. that one up the top. Yeah. So we have to go and get an expert to help us. Yeah. So we engaged an yeah. expert to help us. Yeah. And away we went. And again, it was like, wow, this is great. So his network opened up and we were presented to his network yeah. and back to the bank. And now, so we're in a good, we're in a really good position where, you know, we'll, we'll bid on it. And the job we bid on was a over a hundred million dollar job. And we'll be doing that again. And we've got now the bank saying, yes, we will support that. Yeah. No problem at all. Is so, it the sales pitch of the, of the company that's, the important thing is it the facts and the figures? Is it the the quality of the people that are behind it? What what you know? If you look at the finance world today in this yeah. game, what 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 what's important? Do you think it's um it's what I learned out of when we were we were selling the business, the ASX business is they'll look you in the eye and see if you're lying or not and tell you the truth. Yeah, I'll trust you. Yeah, and it's the detail. Yeah. And it's your knowledge to sit there and just go, right, we're going to do this, this, and this, and this. This is how it's going to work. Okay. And there's a data to back it. There's the projects. There's the companies. Yes. There's, a, there's a three-way model. You know, this is what it looks like. There's yes. a forecast. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so it's the evidence and facts, yeah. but it's also the strength of the individual yep. and their, their, their conviction to what they're doing, yeah. but not, not blind hope. No, basically. and there's a resume. And if I step back, I go, right, I go, that's what I've completed before at the previous company, the one before that, the one before that, one before that. Yeah. So I can do it. Yeah, so nice. now I'm just different is I'm doing it with your money and our money. Yeah, but, you, but you've got a track record to show yeah. that you're not, you're not the first pony around the track. No, 100%. And look, and again, when I, as, as you say, um, different companies you work for, you get a different experience, then you then you trigger another sort of direction you want to go in. Yeah. And when I was working with the assets company, I thought, well, finance is not my strong point. I'm okay with it, yeah. but let my I'll, I'll go and you know dive into that world. And I did, and I, I, I you know went and done a few um, short courses, and then done some long courses, and then started with the um, um, institute company directors. Yes. Completed that. And I remember doing that. We had three little kids and I was doing homework at night and I was working. <laughs> and it was like, I'm a miner. I'm not a, you know, I'm not yeah. an accountant or a commercial person. But I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And then 
with Paul in the business, he was my commercial manager before. Yeah. You know, we've got the same language. So once you get that momentum going, um, it really comes out and shines in the business side of things, you know, with the... Yeah, that's interesting. I, I just want to... I probably should ask this question before. Mm. But given, given the experience you've had along the way, why make this step? Why are you going into business? Why have you gone into business, right? What's the, what's the driving force behind that for you personally? For me personally, it is I can't fathom doing something for a company and then not running with it and going, I know it's the right thing to do. And if I do it, they go, well, that's cool. It's great. That worked. Yeah. But there's another nine times where they say, no, we're not going to do that. And I thought, well, that's just soul-destroying. So you got to the stage where, you know, you knew your stuff. Yeah. And and you wanted the satisfaction of seeing it implemented. Yeah. 100%. And look, I had this um, um, person that I worked for before who I really didn't think he had a clue. And, you know, he'd just say, well, you can't run a business. And I went, well, if you stop putting so many roadblocks and you stop licking the stamp here, here and here and here and here. Yeah. I'd have a chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And just seeing it just get wasted. Yeah. And then I thought, well, this is my, this, I'm going to go out in a high on this, in this industry, and this is going to be access mining. And I want something that people go, wow, we helped build this, and they can still have it coming down, you know? Yeah, I love that. I love yeah. that. I mean, there's so much energy that comes from you when you tell me about that, yeah. right? And, and I think that's, you know, one that's been in the game for 35 years could easily be cynical and, you know, I've had enough, mm. basically. But 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 it's almost like no, no. That's just the platform to jump to jump further and higher. Yeah. Um, I mean, you you mentioned about sustainability yeah. being one of the core pillars of, of what access mining is about. Yeah. You know, there's a lot about climate change. There's yeah. a lot about conservation, and 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 then there's views about mining being the the you know the the curse of, 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 of the world in terms of environment. Yeah. But then on the other side, there's other views that say that there's so much in mining that, that's needed in terms of the new world, um, you know, the, the, the lack of carbon world, so to speak. Yeah. Um, what's your view on that? Like, and where where is the industry, you know, in Australia, for instance, yeah. in that sense? Do you think? The, the, Industry at the moment for, for us as a contractor and our peers is that you need metals. Yeah. If you want to be in the new world, yeah. you need metals. You need four times the amount of metals. Yeah. Can we do it? No. We haven't got people no. to do it. So, and for me, it's like go the other way and go turn all the lights off, turn the water off and see what happens and then get, get, um, get a gauge for what's right and what's wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I can spend hours talking about climate change and go my opinion on it. Yeah. But, you know, underground mining for me and the metals, ha that is the key to success. Yes. You yeah. know, e even when you go down to when people um, you know, disgruntle against it and they're on a phone, metal. Yeah. They're getting in a house. They've got power. Yeah. Oh, come on, you know, so. And batteries. And, and a whole lot. And, to, yeah. and look, will we be electric in 20 years' time? I don't think so. No. Will be some type of change? Yes. There will yeah. be a step change. And if we step change it correctly, it will work. Yeah. Yeah, and we can do some good things. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. We're probably doing some silly things, but 
but it's not turning it off. No. Yeah. No. But do you think, I mean, the turning off aspect is no doubt driving people and expertise out of the sector, right? Mm. And, and you're intimating, well, actually, <laughs> we need more expertise in the sector, if anything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And for us, timing-wise, I mean, this this come about in a good time because, you know, not many people start a business in COVID. I mean, no. you've got to have your head screwed right on straight to do that, haven't you? <laughs> so, um, but if, if I looked at the environment then, I went, there's a hole. There's yeah. a hole coming. Yeah. Not today. No, no. There's a hole coming in two years and it's going to take us two years to, to get, get our skates on, yeah. to get our reputation, to get our people on board, to yeah. get our money in the bank, to get our revenue starting. And once that's happened, the two years is up now, you go, well, I'm glad we done that two years ago yeah. because the holes appeared yeah, and yeah. we've slotted right in there. Companies have been sold. There's two big companies sitting up here, over two billion. One company was underneath has been sold. There's another couple sitting there and we've just popped in the middle of it all. So that's your sector yeah. being the, what we call the underground mining sector yeah. effectively. Yes. And so is it good to be a minnow in that sector, do you think? Yeah. Do you think that's a good positioning? Can you, in a way, can you, I guess you can differentiate yourself quite a lot from the big guys. Uh, we can, and it's controlled growth too. So for me, controlled growth is not bidding on every job that comes past you, it is going, this is the one we're going to get, that's the one we're going to get. And everything we do has a gateway. Yeah. If we're going to employ that person, there's a gateway to appear first. Yeah. So if you do that um, and you don't get that project you're going to win, you go, okay, we need to feed the supplement. Yeah. So there's always a plan B, C, D and E. Yeah, yeah. But we're going to stay focused on what we're going to do. And, and the clients that you're talking to and the prospective clients, are they receptive to the new way of talking about mining? Because I... I've, Sorry, those are my words. Yeah. You know, when I read your stuff about access yeah. mining, um, and I think deeply about it, it's not stuff I've heard from other mining companies. No, it's not. And it's, huh? it, it's not the same. Um, diff they've got different outcomes. They've got different deliverables they want to achieve. You can get the same as running a success successful business, but if you become a bit closer to your client... Yeah. It's like building a house and you go and build a house and you do a shit job and no one wants to build off you so you go to another town. Yeah. But if you build a house and it's really good, people come. Yeah. Um, talking to clients, we've, we've, we've sat down with a lot of our clients and potential clients yeah. and started the journey. And um, they've really been very receptive. It's been my and Warren's reputation and network and, and skill set. Yeah. So we've turned that into access. And after the first couple of months of revenue coming in, access has taken off. So yeah, you, build a, you build a business off your own merits and then it turns into access mining. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it's, you know, all the while, I guess, developing its own brand and culture and, you know, approach. And, and you know, the success of its early jobs will, you know, obviously add to that process. Yeah, and again, you know, if I look at what is a smart move to grow a business, don't just sit there and wait for it to come to you. Go get it. Go and get what you want to get. Yeah. And then as you have your brand, what is access mining? I want everyone to articulate that in our business. So we've got a, a brand strategist in. Yeah, right. And we've got a marketing person in. Yeah. So then we go, well, this is, we designed the website um, with, a, with the guy we knew and it was great. And I went, you know what? It's time to change. 
because I'm not feeling like we're connected to our website and what we're telling people and how we're doing it. Yeah, yeah. And then we went, yeah, so we did. And then we've changed again. <laughs> but now it's like we're really focused and everything's pointed together in the same way. But it's, you know, you're almost talking about that as if it's a, to go back to your early days, you're, you're fine-tuning a motor, yeah. a small motor, right? And uh, you, you're all the while listening to, to know whether it's running just right and making those refinements and quite frequently if you need to yeah um to get to get it right oh, yeah. absolutely and again it's for me it's about experts in the field so i've already got the next two or three years worth of experts sitting there that i'm talking to yeah right and then the next one will come in and that gateway will appear whether it's a project whether it's revenue whether it's amount of people then the next expert will come through but talking to them now um it's like they're working for us to, and with us to get already which yeah. is great. So not go, right, I need an EGM now. Right, let's get one. We've already got one. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so we don't need another one yet. No, so, you know, it's, it's all that about thinking of the future. And this is where we complement each other quite well. Um, you know, Paul's very, very smart financially and commercially, that side of it. Warren's, you know, great with business and what we're doing together and operationally. You know, he's been touching it more than I have in the last few years, um, being an overseas yeah. you know, expert as well. So, so where so where do you add the most value, you personally, in that trio? Future, strategy, strategy yeah. and orchestrating. Yeah. 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 So so if I worked in one of your teams underground, going back a little way, mm. right? Maybe I was in Burn Cut. Yeah. What would I have said about you? Say, say I was a, a, a shift manager or a shift boss or something, yeah. and and you were you know you were that early project manager that, that oh the early back, one yeah back oh, in, shit back, back <laughs> in year 20, 28, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. Well, what if if someone said what what's that Mark Roderick like to me? What would I have said? Sort of how would I have characterised you as a, a manager and a leader? Yeah. Sort of yeah. those early days probably probably hard but fair. Hard but fair. Yeah. yeah. So but I always wanted a piece of what I was paying. Yeah. And if I could work hard, you had to work just as hard. Yeah. And I think that come from my father who was a very hard... He was a hard, hard dude? Hard worker. Yeah. Was he? Yeah, he's still alive, but he's, um, Is he? he's a builder. He's retired, a builder? What Was a builder, so right. he's retired now, but... Um, yeah. Hard worker. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know? And I think that for me was when I first started as a project manager, I was underground... Let's go. I'll help you. What yeah. do you need? Yeah. You know, I'm working hard. And I think as I get older and mature, and I thought we get smarter. We do get smarter. Yeah. Um, it's more about um, spending the time to just take the edges off someone who's not going the right way. Yes, yes. And set the boundaries and say, you know what, if you, if you look at it that way or show them how to do it, yeah. look at it this way, um, you'll get a better outcome. But, you know, I loved how you sort of just said that. Like... Mm. Spending the time to take the edges off someone that's just not going quite the right yeah. way. That takes a lot of patience, doesn't it, yeah. sometimes? And, you know, in, in an environment where, you know, we're production focused and we have to deliver. But, but uh, does it get results? It, it, it does. Um, you know, it, it does. And, but you've got you've to be able to deliver what you're doing at the moment, but also spend the time to look what you, where you need to be in the future. And we've got some guys working for us too that um, I'll spend a little bit more time with them. Yeah. Warren spends a lot of time with them as well at the moment. 
um, but just that little bit of fine tuning to different aspects, you know. And we've got our our core managers who we where we know where they want to be, and we know how to get them there. Yeah. Um, but you you go back and you, you look at the mine where you've got production development, everyone's running around in circles. Sometimes you just got to say stop, you know. But people are afraid to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, because you might lose ten cents. You might lose ten cents. You're going to gain ten dollars over here if you get it right. But you've got to have the presence of mind to pick that up, haven't you? Yes, you do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that's where your orchestration and taking a broader view in your, from a strategic perspective yeah. comes into play a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah. But the, you know, spending that time on the individual is that frustrating, or is it satisfying? Uh, look, it, it is. It's satisfying. Yeah. Um, you do have a little bit of frustration in it, but. If you just put them in the right direction. I think that for me the beauty about that is if they don't want to be there or they don't want to be part of it, they can go. Yeah. Like everyone who works for us, there's no flight risk. No. And if they do, you go, so be it. Yeah. You know, don't don't lock the gates. No. That's the key. Yeah. You know, and one of our ops uh, our ops guys over in Brazil at the moment, he's um he went away for a few years offshore and he said, I'll give you a call when I'm ready and he did. And everyone said, Just ring him. I said, No. Yeah. I want him to People come have got to want to be there, right? Want to be there. Everyone who works in Access wants to be there. Yeah. You know, and we're going to get a point where people don't, but that's so be it. Yeah. You know, yeah. And I, I just don't like saying, shut the gates, pay them with money up front so they can't leave. Yes. Because you're going to get that in 12 months. I had that for years. Yeah. And you just kept taking it and taking it. One day you go, you know what, I'm going to go and get a job that pays half this because I can't do it anymore. Yeah. You know. So hard but fair. Yeah. But mellowed over time. I think I've and, mellowed. I and, think be so. and became a little bit more uh, discerning about how individuals were performing and yeah. ab able to, uh, you know, able to help them along the way. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. And again, with the business, it is it is a new business. Um, you know, we, we pay our, our staff current market rate. We put them in the right direction for their careers. Yeah. We're the lowest paid in the business. And we will be until we make it successful. Yeah, you know. Uh, look, I, I think that's fascinating. I, you know, and we both work for very large corporates yeah. in our careers, uh, and uh, and and now we both, you know, started up businesses of sorts. Um, you know, what what did you if you if you reflect on what you're doing now? What are a couple of things that you've really got out of working for those corporates that you're utilising yeah. in a positive way, do you think? Yeah, look, it, it, absolutely great question, mate, because I do, I do go back and look at the toolbox and say, what have I got in there and what am I good at? Yeah. Um, if I go back 15 years, you didn't have to worry about strategies. You didn't have to worry about anything. You just looked at your job on the day. And away it went. Yeah, and the, how much money you make? I don't care, I don't know. So, but... <laughs> And going towards um, definitely an ASX company where you are, I suppose, over the top risk yes. adverse. Yes. You have to justify every cent you put in. So the value add for me at the moment is if we spend a dollar, where's that dollar going? Where are we going to get out of it? Yeah. Which is good. So we run a board as well. Yeah. Because being private's great, but you can get too loose. Yes. So running a board, we run a board with an advisor. Gives you a bit of discipline. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's somewhere between a private and an ASX company where it's yeah. not not toxic, no, if no. it can be, and it's not <laughs> loose or it's just to have a few beers. 
it's stringent. Yeah. There's notes, there's outcomes, there's actions, there's deliverables. So there's an accountability factor. A- absolutely. Yeah. But you have fun. Yeah. So we do have fun, yeah. but we have a really stringent governance on our business. Yeah, nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, and such a young business and you're thinking that that's an important element. It is. In, in building and driving it. It is, yeah. because I look at, uh, and again, I'll put it back to five years and then an inflection point in five years. Because if you don't have a somewhere to go, you won't get there. Yeah. So the inflection point is, there's a date. All right. Now, do we double? If we double, we have to double our resources, our overheads, yes. our skill sets. Yeah. Do we sell it? Do we let the managers buy it? Do we don't know? But yeah. if you don't have an inflection point, you won't get there. No. And I look at that and I go, okay, if we were to double it, sell it management buyer, what do we need now? Because I've always been um, conscious when I've worked for companies to go, we're going to do this. Now we have to pull everything apart and get all this documentation ready. So we're starting from scratch. So after five years, um, something happens and we double, we go, there you go, we might need another investor by then for cash. And you go, there you go, there's five years worth of board minutes. Yeah. Look, I think that's... That's very, a very mature way, if I might say, to, to look at a business, yeah. uh, and particularly this early on. Um, this sounds like a pitch, right, for, for our services, but um, what I'm finding is uh, there's some smart private businesses that are more than happy doing what they're doing. Um, they're not thinking of exiting or selling, but they are thinking five years in advance or 10 years in advance, mm. and they're now, we're finding, they're now saying, right, we want you, James, to value our business today. Yeah. And we want you to tell, tell us what we need to do to get to the point in five years where we've got the option to sell to our team, make a trade sale, or exit partially. Yeah. You know, what has it got to look like? And, and therefore, what have we got to do you know, to get it into that shape now? Yeah rather than the bun rush that you, you mentioned about, yeah. which, which I see happening for quite large private businesses. You know, they yeah. can be, there can be hundreds of millions of dollars, but, but, and yet they, they're not in a position to take advantage of what might come. Um, that's not to say that these businesses will exit, right? Yeah. But I think it's, you know, as a business owner, you know, it's a bit like the finance piece. As you yeah. uh, aptly said, we all want the options. You know, we want the fallback, and then we want the best option. Um, so, so you know, I, I commend you for, for thinking about it that way because it's very easy to focus on the growth and not, you know, what might be needed later. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. Look, again, for us, it, it is we don't know what it, where it's going to be in five years. Yeah. I might want to go, right, I'm just going to travel around with my family around Australia and... I'll be the chairman and peace out. <laughs> or I might say, no, I love it. I still love it. Yeah. Um, but to build it now so it's you know respects itself. And even coming out of um, you know two years of selling a, a great business and looking to buy another business, all the metrics were there in my head. So I know what I wanted. You know what it needed to look like. like. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. So that was another benefit yeah. from coming from that corporate yeah. environment. You mentioned your dad. Yeah. Um, did you learn a lot for your dad as a young guy? 
Uh, I think my work ethic is from my father, yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. So he, 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 he was a, a constructor, like a builder? A house builder, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. We, um, we grew up in central Queensland, so he built for out for the, um, the middle of nowhere for the government's yeah. houses and in indigenous landing. So, you know, I grew up around um, Biloela and... Oh, and, did uh, you? Yeah. Yeah, right. Gavijan and um, yeah. and I ended up in Gladstone. Yeah, so. right. So you go for the blues, right, in, in the rugby uh, league? Like, yes, mate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not really. Yeah, so look, uh, again, we, we, you know, we grew up in a, I was in a caravan. Um, my early childhood was yeah. in, in the middle of the bush. Yeah, yeah. Not much. And, you know, what I have now, and I really feel um, privileged, yeah. you know, if I look back. But you've worked hard for it, right? Yeah. You I've know. done some stupid things. Like, we've all done some stupid investments, but, yeah. you know, I'm not, I don't wake up every day and go, I'm doing one today again. No. But, you know, um, I think we've worked hard to where we always have to be, where we, where we are. Yeah. And, um, you know, dividends will pay off now. That And, again, starting this business in this perfect time, I think it's a great time. Yeah, well, you yeah. know, you can see some of those stars, mm. you can see how they're positioning themselves and I can oh, see sure. how you're positioning the business. Yeah. And, and I guess, you know, you said right at the beginning in this chat um, that you like building things. Mm. And uh, I guess you might have got a bit of that sort of blood in you from your dad as well because he obviously liked building. Oh, I'd say so, yeah, for sure. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. And there's something, you know, I mean, I can understand what you're saying. I mean, it's a huge impact to to take a resource from underground and actually be able to deliver it yeah. to a usable no, there's nothing. Eh? There's nothing, no better feeling when you go underground and you see something just blasted and you go, I know that metal in there will come out into something else. Yeah. And it's exciting. It's, you know, people might think that's just weird, yeah. but I, I love it. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't think it's weird. I, yeah. I, I, uh, I appreciate it. Mark Roderick, um, thank you for having us in your home. Thank you for Pleasure. having us here. And thank you for sharing um, your journey to date and, and, and also the formative stages of access mining. Uh, with you, Warren and Paul, yeah. I think um, I think it's exciting. It I, is. I'm very is. excited yeah. for you. I, I, and and I, you know, I look I look with interest over the next few yeah. years. We really appreciate your time today. No worries. Thank you, James. Pleasure. Cheers. Well, that was Mark Roderick, mining specialist and director of Access Mining. And wasn't that full of energy? Um, it's great to talk about underground mining, and Mark has that special sense of knowing what goes underground and how to make things tick. He's had years of experience across the industry in a corporate environment and he's now putting that experience into play in his new business, Access Mining. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Instagram at jamesc underscore price. And if you're up for improving your business, gaining access to knowledge, insights, our team and consultations, join our online membership portal. Visit jpabusiness.com.au.